What is up, my gorgeous people? I am Curtis Cooper. I'm joined by Delaney, and this is Deconstructing. Delaney, what's up? I am doing fantastic. It is Christmas Eve when we're recording. It'll release later, <laughs> but <laughs> it's I'm been... going to guess like late January when we uh, finally release this. Probably, yes. It has been a wild Christmas season. It's been wonderful. I'm loving it. How are you? Oh, I am doing very good. And yeah. contrary to what people might think, we are not doing a Is Christmas Satan's Holiday episode. <laughs> um, no. Because that's, that's a bit of a more, that's, that's a bit of a sparser opinion among Christians. There's not a lot of Christians who believe that. Right. There's some weirdos that do. But There's an occasional, yeah. But uh, that's not worth getting into at this time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll do a holiday special again sometime where we talk just a little bit about every major holiday. Be like, oh, hey, yeah, I like here, that. Here's what the roots are. Maybe invite Brad back on and talk about Ooh, some history. Yes. But that is not what we're talking about today. We are talking about something that you're going to introduce to us, Del. I am. All right. So today we're going to talk about character flaws versus red flags. What's the difference Ooh. and uh, how do you spot them? Okay. Yeah. So when, when you say when you say red flags and char- character flaws, like how do you define those two? So all humans on earth are flawed. At least I haven't, I haven't met one who's not flawed. So we're going to go ahead and say that they're all flawed. But there is a certain quality, certain qualities that certain people have that are red flags. And what that indicates mm-hmm. is that they are dangerous people and should not be in your inner circle. Mm because they're risky and so how do you identify those what are they and how do you know if it's a red flag or just a character flaw okay so how how do you how do you kind of decide for you for us personally what we're willing to accept and what we're willing to and what we're not willing to accept in terms of who we surround ourselves with who we surround ourselves with um i think there's a couple of key, key things to look for I think first and foremost to look for if, if this person is adding to your life or taking away from your life. Mm. And so when you spend time with them, do you feel less than afterwards or more than? Do you feel empowered or do you feel torn down? And there'll be bad days, off days with certain yeah. people where you'll feel torn down regardless of the healthy relationship that you might have. But overall, what is the theme you see with that person? And when you spend time with them, how do you feel afterwards? I think Do that's- you feel drained? Exactly. Do you feel drained? And is it because you feel drained because you've been socializing or is it because that they are draining you? Mm-hmm. I've always, I've always said, uh, um, I'm not a huge fan of hanging out with whiners. Yes. <laughs> People who complain incessantly. Yeah. And they, then this is, this is a very like privileged position I'm coming from. Cause like, if I am not a complainer, that means that I either don't have much to complain about or I repress it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it just drains me yep. to hear like negativity just constantly from a from a specific person. Yep, I agree. And this person might have every right to complain all the time. Like they might be really going through a tough time. Yep. But I guess just... Um, all of my closest friends who have gone through like incredibly dark times and like have more than enough to like complain about all the time if they wanted to, like they're really good at like, okay, let me compartmentalize, deal with this 
and let's sit in this for a second and then we'll move on from it. Right. Yep. Because there's definitely a difference between um, like wallowing in your sorrow and like compartmentalizing, like you said, and dealing with it, which is really actually quite important. Okay. So can we agree that incessant complainers are a red flag? Likely. Yes, I would say so. Yep. Cool. We're, we're going to, we're going to write this out like the 10 commandments, <laughs> and the red think, flags of deconstruction. The, the 10 red flags. I think it's important <laughs> to, to rest on incessant because there is like some complaining that is important, especially if you're like working. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you're finding flaws, but your key word that you use incessant, excellent word. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I've complained to you, you've complained to me a bunch, we've ranted to each other, but like, I would never even come close to thinking of you as a complainer. Me neither. I think that um, for the most part, you are very good at balancing that. And so that's good. This is, this is going to be a backdoor for us to just uh, brag on each other, isn't it? Yes. We're going to just like, Odell, you have no red flags. <laughs> You're just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, let me, okay, so I, I kind of brought up this past one. So you bring up one that we can decide whether it's a red flag or a character flaw. Okay. Um, okay, so I think, I think one of them is when, with, it's like you and I are close friends and like I've had flaws in my character and then you have very lovingly called out and very kindly called out. And that is, excellent and that's really important for our kind of like deep friendship that we have but same with there, you to me oh thank you there are certain friends or people i guess who've been in my life or no longer in my life who when they call out my flaws they're not really calling out my flaws they're kind of harping on the things they don't like about me and sometimes it is Ooh. my flaws it, absolutely sometimes they're 100 correct but the way they went about it is destructive mm-hmm. and so like when you critique me you're very constructive. You're like, this is what's great about you. This is where you could build on. And I can, I can work with that. But when it's just like, like a destructive mentality, like I've experienced with other people in the past, that's when Mm -hmm. it's a red flag. What would be, what would be an example of like someone kind of like criticizing the wrong things uh, towards you? Criticizing the wrong things. Um, let me think if I can find an example. Or, or maybe, or maybe just how they package them is like very destructive. Okay, actually, excellent example. Because um, you and I hung out this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, when you were in town, and this was a constructive thing. You, this is a good thing you did, and I'll compare it to a bad thing that someone else did. Okay. So. Oh man, we're we're <laughs> spilling a little extra tea this week little for everybody. Tea. You're welcome. <laughs> so the good thing that you did was. Um, we the the day the last time we hung out like because we hung out all weekend and the last mm-hmm. day um i was getting breakfast with you and some friends and like you like very lovingly were like where do you stand on this certain area of your life and i told you and then you very nicely were like have you considered trying this and it was very very kind it was a very great way of saying i think you need to correct this area of your life and it worked wonderfully and i was able to kind of process it and deal with it um, oh, I'm glad to hear that. I know. Yeah, it was wonderful. But in the past with similar issues like that, um, people have come to me and said, instead of asking, hey, how are you doing? And have you considered? They've said, you're doing a really bad job at this. And I think you should do this instead. And what that does is it shows their opinion of me, but it doesn't actually show me my flaw. It shows me that they think I'm doing this 
poorly and that they think I should do it this way. But what you did is you said, hey, how are you doing? What do you think about yourself? And then you said, have you considered doing this? And so it was kind of, it was planting, like, it was telling me what you thought. Absolutely. But it was a very loving way of saying, I mm-hmm. think you can try this. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, oftentimes with criticism and uh, positive and negative criticism, if, if you're coming at it from the angle of feeling you're superior to that person, that you know better than that person, then mm-hmm. nothing you say is going to ever get through or be meaningful. Because right. you have to come at it by saying, okay, everyone has different struggles at different times of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I might very well be dealing with this sometime in the future. So what positive um, criticism or advice can I give that will not only help them, but help me? Right. And be self, uh, kind of self-regulating for me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent point. What are some uh, red flags that you see in some friendships? Okay, so let's see. Um, kind of circling back to the draining aspect of it. Um, and this is a little bit more of like a, uh, this is like a surface level one, but I still, I still think of it as a red flag for me. Absolutely. Okay. Um, oftentimes, you can tell if someone's a little like too self-absorbed by what they want to do with you because um, I've found that if you're hanging out with a person and they only want to do what they want to do and they want to kind of like have you do it with them and they never want to like go out of their comfort zone and like explore what you like, then that is an unequal relationship whether it be a friendship or a romantic relationship right that's a good point and and like I I've definitely been thinking about that lately like do I just expect everyone to want to do what I want to do and me not wanting to be like oh like let's go swimming or something I don't like swimming right uh, because I can't swim (laughs) um or something along those lines or something I don't usually do like oh uh go to like a specific type of restaurant. Mm. Um, and it's not something I do intentionally where I'm like, okay, Dell, let's go climbing because climbing is something I'm interested in and you should be interested in it because I like it as right. opposed to like, hey, let's do something that we both want to do. Right. Um, so it's simultaneously something that I've dealt with in the past with people and something that I am definitely trying to like monitor within myself to like mm-hmm. keep it from being a red flag. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? I like that. I like, I like your point also of um, the doing activities because you want to and you're not sure if other people want to, but because you want to do it, do you expect them to do it with you? That's, um, I think that's something that a lot of people do. I think I've done that before in the past and I think it's really important to examine that within ourselves all the mm-hmm. time. And so yeah. I think that's excellent that you bring that up. Yeah, and like just like you said, it's looking for the pattern as opposed to being like, yeah, sure. There's plenty right. of times where I've been like, hey, I really want to go climbing. Will you all go climbing with me? Yeah. Absolutely. And you all are like, sure. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think that you would come and tell me if I was like trying to like always be the one to decide what we do. Right. Yep. And uh, um, 
what I appreciated too about, especially in college, in our friendship or our friend group, um, everyone is being climbing. Everyone liked to go climbing, except I was not fantastic at it. I loved it, but wasn't fantastic at it. But I remember I used to go and I would belay everybody because I enjoyed doing that. And I didn't want to climb, but I would go and belay. And I think that um, everyone was kind because of, I'm, <laughs> I think other people wanted to belay too, but everyone was very nice and let me belay because I didn't know how to climb and I didn't want to climb. And so I think that that, that like, kindness that was shown in that group is also it's not a character flaw it's not a red flag it's uh, the opposite it's endearing <laughs> nice. <laughs> the green flag and i mean it, it helps having friends with similar interests yes it does okay dale your turn my turn do i ask a question or bring up a, a red flag bring up another one and I, okay i'm going to give you a challenge this time Ooh, i want you to yeah. bring up something that would be more of a character flaw that oh. people mistake for a red flag. Okay. Um, I think a character flaw that's often mistaken for red flag. I think I'm going to go with, honestly, past trauma. I think a lot of the time, oh. it, yeah, it manifests itself. And um, it can manifest itself in, like, ugly, ugly ways. Mm-hmm. But knowing because I've, I've had friends. I, okay. And full disclosure, I myself do this. I'm talking about myself when I say my friends. Mm-hmm. I myself often will have... Um, my past trauma will come up and I will do something that I know is toxic. And yeah. I have to step back. And I have to say to the person, Hey, I'm being toxic right now because I'm going through this and I need to deal with it. And mm-hmm. so that's often mistaken as a red flag. Um, sometimes people are toxic straight up. Oh, absolutely. Period, toxic. Yes. Sometimes people act toxic because they're trying to resolve something like an inner conflict, but the ability to say, Hey, I'm trying to go through, like I'm trying to resolve this is what I think distincts it from it makes it, it's just distinct, distinctive, d- d- differentiates, differentiates yeah. it. Good word, good word. Flag. <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's that, that's a good point because um, I would almost g- overgeneralize and say that like toxicity in and of itself is just uh-huh. someone dealing with something traumatic in an unhealthy way and it adversely affects other people. Yes, yep. Because- Basically, every toxic person I've ever met um, was deeply, deeply hurt in some mm-hmm. way, okay. and they did not know how to how to either handle that or find someone to help them handle it in a healthy way. Therefore, they just kind of boiled over that hate and that regret onto other people. Right. And wow. obviously, that's different from toxic action, action actions. Uh-huh. Neither of us can talk today. Um, (laughs) but toxic actions are more like, oh, we all lash out at at certain times in unhealthy ways. Right. But uh, this is the last time I'm going to say this this podcast, because I'm just going to assume everybody thinks about it anyway. Look for the patterns. Look for the patterns. Yeah. I think that's actually like really like key when trying to identify like who is a safe person, who is not is the patterns because sometimes we all we all mess up but knowing when someone's messing up and when someone is just that way is a big big factor Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean just just kind of step back and listen and look Mm -hmm. because usually toxic people treat different groups of people differently yep they might be like super sweet to you but They might say some things about like other groups of people under their breath, or they might just be overtly like nasty while you're there and you don't even realize. Right. Yep. 
So uh, speaking of uh, red flags and toxic people, what is a red flag that you've seen in the past in a relationship or a friendship that caused you to back out as soon as you recognized it? Hmm. Let's see, a red flag that caused me to back out of a relationship. Um, honestly, like the, the, the last few red flags I've given are ones that caused me to like, um, kind of oh. think about that relationship and okay. ultimately like separate myself from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there have been a few people where their energy is just overwhelmingly negative. Yeah. And I just am drained by that. And I think that, I do think that to a certain degree, there are different kinds of people with personalities that are more um, accustomed and like more empathetic towards people who are negative all the time. Um, okay. And I think that, that that's good and people need that. But those people also sometimes tend to be people pleasing which is okay. dangerous for them. So I would say that like, if you're a person who's like, oh yeah, like I'm nice to everybody. And like, I try to like be forgiving of everybody. I'll be like, that's great. But first consider if it is having like a cumulative negative impact on you. Hmm. Excellent point. Because emotional self-care, even amongst relationships is everything. It really is. Yes. I think taking care of yourself is often underrated eternally underrated eternally underrated it's super super important though because it's going to affect every aspect of your life is the way that you yourself uh, take care of yourself and the way you let your like your mental state end up being if it's in shambles then your work life's gonna be in shambles your home life your 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 social life everything will fall into shambles okay i will i will give i will give a concrete red flag that we haven't spoken about yet Ooh, okay and uh i realize that this is going to be different for some people but it is a hard line that I draw. Okay. Um, if someone has been a sexual predator in the past. Oh, goodness. Yes. And has proven themselves to be dangerous towards either me or my friends. They are out of my life for good. And it's there's no questions asked. Right. Yep. Like, like I, I had it happen a few times in college where like someone came to me and they were like hey this person um did something horrendous to me and I'm like say no more I'm never speaking to them again and I I I tried to stay true to that because people aren't going to want to talk to you and feel comfortable with you if they don't think that you're a safe person right so you have to prove to them hey like I believe you and I don't want these awful people in my life either honestly right yeah I actually just experienced that this year and it was very confusing because both people were very close to me and it was very Uh very confusing and I think um I think stepping back and like evaluating the situation and knowing um knowing like how to like respectfully step back from a relationship is really important because mm-hmm. there is a disrespectful way of doing it. And if I, 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 I know the story, like the, her story, I know his version of the story, but do I know the truth? Absolutely not. Because the truth is somewhere in the middle or is somewhere it's, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? We're not really sure. We can never really be sure of anything unless we're there, but I believe strongly in uh, believing the victim mm-hmm. situations. And so I 
very respectfully like stepped back but I didn't want to disrespect my friend because mm-hmm. even if they did do something horrible I think respecting humankind no matter the crime is super super important and so um saying okay what you did was wrong and I wasn't there but from what my friend whom I trust says I'm gonna step back is really important but also I want to like be careful of how I speak to them because they're still human and they still have a soul that's still wandering the earth trying to find a home. And so I think that's a really tough line to walk is to say this person's still human. Mm-hmm. And how, how do I how do I respectfully say, hey, what you do is wrong and that's messed up and I'm not going to be associated with it, but still say, I hope you find Christ, you know? Dell, you have so much more empathy than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I am I, I am well, such a I am such a friggin like executioner when it comes to this stuff like <laughs> in my mind it's so hard not to just be like well screw this person and I hope they burn <laughs> well sometimes I think I'm too empathetic and so there is a there's a balance there so we balance, we balance each, each other, other out, out. yes <laughs> I, I help you be just a little bit harsher and you help me be a little bit kinder Yes, which actually that like it sounds like we're kidding, but truly your balancing <laughs> with, with me has been like it saved me from a lot of uncomfortable situations. And so I greatly appreciate it. Well, then our friendship is 100% worth it in the end. 100% worth it. If it wasn't already. If it wasn't already, truly. <laughs> okay, so what is what is a red flag that you have um, that's caused you to step away from someone? Oh, okay. So there's a few that are borderline uh, character flaws, but are also red flags. And so I'm going to touch on both. And here's the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and here's something that I want to emphasize too. Yes. Not everyone's red flags are the same. Right. Like there are plenty of people who like say, oh, like I, I acknowledge this and I accept this in this person and I'm willing to work with them on it where there's some like you just draw the line and that's okay you want to do what's what's healthy for you and the rest of your friend group yes and I think keeping your friend group in mind is important too um but I'll come back to that when it comes to like why I've stepped out of friendships there are a few that are like Mm non-negotiables um I think the first one is probably a character flaw but I use it as a red flag and that's laziness um I have cut off many a potential thing because of just purely laziness and laziness. I don't mean just like, you know, taking time to yourself. That's important. Mm -hmm. I mean that like they're consistently not meeting goals or expectations at work or in their home life because they are just being lazy. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think drive to me is super, super important. And so I, if someone is lazy, I just, I bow out. Um, Mm. Yeah. So that's one that is really, really strong. I think another one that, I like more recently that I've kind of developed is if they speak ill of their ex-girlfriends, I'm done. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like even like I've had some pretty bad relationships. I don't speak ill of those people. In fact, like if you ask me about them, I'll say, well, their relationship is really, really bad. They are good people. And a lot of my friends are like, uh, no, they're not. (laughs) But to me, yeah, I I would disagree with a couple of those. (laughs) Yeah. But when I look at like who they are, I'm like, no, they're, they're good people. It was a bad relationship. It was a bad situation. They did not treat me correctly, but they're good people. And I think recognizing the difference between um, something bad someone did and the actual whole of a person is important. And so if someone is talking like negatively about their ex, 
I'm done. Like that's, you can tell me a story that's funny or a story that was toxic. Sure. If overall it's just negativity about them, I'm bowing out. I do think it's also a case by case basis though. Yeah. Go on. Because like, I mean, for example, like I'm pretty sure I've railed to you about my exes before. Oh, for sure. But like, I'm just like complained and complained and complained about, but, but what you're more saying is like, in terms of like first impressions, like early on in your friendship, if they're already dumping all of this on you, then you're like, oh, well then you just want someone to complain to. Yes. And okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause like you and I ran about, cause like I do the same thing about my exes to you, but like, you're my friend, like my close, close friend. Yeah. I think it's a little bit more like, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely different. Yeah. It's rather than like a first date conversation. I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, don't, don't talk about your exes on the first date unless Unless the other person brings it up, then you're like, okay, this is going to be toxic and this is not going to be, uh, this is not going to be a great first date, but let's both rant about our exes for a while. Let's rant. (laughs) And then I'll never see you again. Bye. (laughs) Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, What is, uh, what is your most, um, like ranking your, your red flag list? What's the top for you? Um, I mean, honestly, the, the top is like, if they're a predator. Oh, oh, right. You mentioned that. Okay. And like if they've, if they've, if they've proven to be unsafe, like physically, Okay. no thanks. Uh, I hope you find some semblance of like filling that hole in your life in the healthiest way possible and finding healing, but, uh, it will not be with me or my friends. Got you. It will hopefully be with a therapist. Hopefully we can only hope. Um, but after that, like, what is the biggest red okay okay let's uh let's let's talk a little about let's talk about romantic specifically red flags for a second okay um because i I, we both i'm sure have separate long lists for romantic red flags for Um, sure and so i like the book dune a lot it's it's a i read i haven't even fully read it but i read part of it when i was going through a really hard time in 2020 Mm -hmm. Okay. And a lot of the quotes were really formative for mm-hmm. me. And a lot of the quotes are really pretentious and overly confident. Oh. And honestly, that's kind of how I lean sometimes. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm a confident person. So I enjoy like, I enjoy like um, exuding that confidence. And I try to be always present about if it's, toxic in any way and like I certainly have been toxic about it before but that's ever a present concern in my mind to make sure I make an effort not to be that okay but that being said I'm going to read you a dune quote that describes one of my top red flags in a I mean in friends yes um but mainly in romantic partners okay Okay. this is going to sound a little mean (laughs) Okay, um, the quote is, some people never observe anything. Life just happens to them. They get by on little more than a kind of dumb persistence, and they resist with anger and resentment anything that might lift them out of that false serenity. Wow. So, I mean, that, that, you could take that quote a lot of different ways, but I take it to mean people who have no presence in their own life Mm -hmm. and 
honestly, the, the, the main type of people I've found the biggest issue with that in my life is the most ambitious people. Oh. Because super ambitious, goal-oriented people, and I mean, I'm one of them. I'm very goal-oriented. Okay. I'm very like, okay, let's check this off a list so I get a little hit of dopamine and then I'll check the next thing off. Right. Um, but in doing that, it is so easy to just put your nose to the grindstone and never look up and see the beauty of the world. Okay. And um, when I was going through this tough time, I was um, working on being more present and I would just obviously like everybody like eats while they're on their phone and stuff. And like, that's just something that we do now. Okay. Um, but I, I fasted from my phone for a little bit, wow. specifically in those type of situations. And I was eating one day and I looked up and I just looked outside and it was kind of like the true, like beauty of like outside in general just hit me at that moment. Wow. And it was because I was being present and I felt fully there. Right. And I wasn't like, I wasn't kind of um, contaminated by any other stimuli. Right. Wow. And I'm not saying that like, I would never date someone who like, doesn't do that all the time. Like you have to be like this crazy, like hippie who like is fully like uh, engaged in nature. But like, I'm, I'm absolutely going to, if I do marry someone, I'm going to marry someone who is aware of that and engages with that idea. Okay. Of, of being present, truly present truly. and stopping periodically and soaking in your life right, and kind yeah. of taking the good with the bad and saying, um, at this moment in time, I am enough mm. and I do not take my value in external things, but internal things and gotcha. God bestowed things. Okay. I like that. Wow. What about you, Dell? What's a, what's another top red flag? Top red flag. Okay. So I mentioned the, uh, talking about exes in a negative way, exclusively negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've talked about, I, I agree with you about the predator thing. Uh, definitely. That's, uh, yeah, I've lost a lot of friends actually because they ended up being predators, not towards me, but to other people who I knew. And that's, that's really, really hard to It's incredibly it's, sad. It's incredibly sad and it's confusing. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely up there too for me. Um, let's see, what's one we haven't discussed yet when it comes, okay, we're we talking about dating or we're we talking about friendships or both. Either way, whichever you are shifting towards. Whichever I'm shifting towards. Okay. So I mentioned the way people make me feel like about myself. I think that's really mm-hmm. important. But I think also people who are stagnant um, in friendships, well, actually, actually relationships too. If they're stagnant and I notice that they're not like progressing, um, I don't think I would cut them out, but I definitely distance myself because mm-hmm. I feel I feel like it's kind of contagious and I don't want to get enwrapped in that and so I think someone who doesn't have any motivation at all because I know you mentioned that too much motivation can also be destructive but I think Mm -hmm. not enough is also oh absolutely yeah it kind of um, interferes with my progress and so I'd probably say that nice yeah there's also people who um like if some if I can tell someone saying something to manipulate me or make me think a certain way 
not happening. This just, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, like you, you're, well, we both said that we are open to new ideas, but when you're trying to like subtly be like, oh yeah, like my, my idea really is the only moral way to live. Right. Yeah. It's like, we ain't about that garbage. Yep. And it's dangerous. So, so dangerous. Yep. Um, so let me ask you this. How do you, how do you, cause I answered this. I don't think you did. Maybe you did, but how do you know when something is a character flaw versus when it is a red flag? Like, when do you know you should bow out? Um, let's see. I think that's something that you can apply to most relationships in terms of whether it's character flaw or red flag is kind of going back to the idea of how it makes you feel hmm. consistently. Okay. Like, um, there are times when you go through like a couple months of like a rough patch with a friend and like maybe the communication isn't perfect and you all are kind of like at odds a little bit. Right. Um, but if like a year goes by and you're still consistently talking to this person and every experience or every other experience or maybe like even like a consistent like maybe once every month you have like a really bad experience with them yeah that's when you're like okay it's time to examine what's going on yeah. and see if something is kind of a character flaw that like I'm not being empathetic towards or a true toxic red flag that I need to decide whether it's a non-negotiable for me in this relationship. Ooh, non-negotiables. Yeah, definitely. They're kind of the next step up from red flags. They kind of are. Yeah. Wow. So should we talk about non-negotiables or should we save that for another episode? Mm. No, I think, I think we can touch on it here because okay. I mean, a lot of red flags like overlap in non-negotiables for us. Cause obviously like the predator thing, uh-huh. um, in term, I think that there's, there's obviously a lot more non-negotiables for me in terms of romance as opposed to friendships. Right. Cause I mean, if someone isn't like fully present and fully mindful, that doesn't mean I'm not going to be their friend. Right. And I think that I certainly haven't always been mindful. And it's been something that's slowly developed and like people have helped me develop and I want to help other people develop that as well. Mm. Um, I have no interest in helping a romantic partner develop that though. Zero interest. Got you. Um, there, there are some things that I think that need to happen organically and not motivated by, hey, I'm going to do this so this person loves me. Right. No, thank you. Yeah, that's a good point. So are there any non-negotiables like this happens and you are immediately cutting off the friendship friendship specifically then we'll talk a little bit about romantic non-negotiables okay so non-negotiables for friendship absolutely one of them that i just developed very very recently is if they express an unwanted romantic advance not like hey like i'm interested in you can we talk about that kind of a thing but like yeah they're like maybe like a sexual advance yeah within the friendship I cut it off immediately and not because like mm. I think that's wrong I think sometimes that's how some relationships actually start is because you're friends and then you eventually become more than friends however there yeah, is it's a, a gray area it's a gray area for me personally though I and you know this but I me mean, I like to talk everything through and absolutely so, like, yes if I'm dating someone like there's a conversation about like 
like I'm interested in you and there's a conversation about like are we exclusive there's a conversation about are we serious like it's it's a very like I communicate the entire way and I've done that that is literally music to my ears (laughs) (laughs) I am exactly the same way and I I love that over communicate and you absolutely should over communicate especially in the first few months of a relationship definitely absolutely and like recently I've had friends who were interested in me who like I was like very 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 clear with about like where we stood and like in the end like we're, like they're no longer interested because like we agreed not to but like that process of like hey like we're just friends that's it is very very important and so I think if someone tries to make a sexual advance especially if they know that about me and that we haven't mm-hmm. talked it about out and they're just my friend and they're trying to do something sexual I don't know if I necessarily think it's like it's always bad, but for me personally, it it's disrespectful. So disrespectful, and like it, it just it irks me, and so I won't, I won't do it. I'll cut it off. And um, actually, another one I have, which is kind of related but kind of not, is if I say to a friend, "I'm not comfortable doing this activity for X, Y, and Z," or even if I don't say like why, but like if I say I'm not comfortable with that, and then they do it anyway. It, regardless of it's sex it could be like one time I was at a friend's house and they kept putting this movie on I kept saying hey, hey I don't want to watch that movie I don't like watching that like that kind of movie it just it bothers me and they kept putting it on and finally I was just like I, I quit going over there I was like I can't do this like this mm-hmm. it's not even like a conversation anymore it's just like being forced on me and I hate that I hate being controlled in any kind of way <laughs> consent is incredibly important in consent friendships as well so and people important. don't think about that as much for sure. And it's so important. You're absolutely right. So I think those are my non-negotiables, like, like off the top mm-hmm. of my head. Yeah. yeah. And I, I will, I want to add a little side note um, Go for it. to like friendships and consent. Like mm-hmm. I would recommend, like, especially if you're early on in a friendship with someone, kind of asking them if it's okay to like hug them and stuff. Yeah. Because like I've had, I've had friends who have gone through like really traumatic experiences in the past and like something that really helps is like say hey like I want to like console you right now is it okay if I hug you do you feel safe with me doing that right um and it's never a bad idea to ask if something's okay literally never literally the worst thing that something that someone can say is like oh yeah you didn't really need to ask about that mm-hmm. and that if that's the worst that can happen like do it right yep yes excellent points I think I think because the thing is with consent it's it's confusing for a lot of people because well it shouldn't be <laughs> but it unfortunately is yeah. unfortunately it is and I think just like if like if you find yourself confused at all just be like very 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 good question everything when mm-hmm. it comes to consent because that's I guess like in a, like as, as awful as it sounds like safe is best in that kind of situation and so 100 percent Mm-hmm. it will help it will help kind of guard us against uncomfortable situations speaking of consent let's going back to red flags and dating one time this is just a mini rant but i'm gonna do it anyway one time <laughs> rants I, on <laughs> i was dating someone who was in their early 30s in their early 30s and i had to explain to them the concept of consent i remember we were in public and nice. i was I know. And they were like, so this is the question they asked me. They said, so um, if like I'm doing something with a girl and she said it's fine, and, like halfway through, she says it's not fine anymore. Like, does that mean I can finish still or do I have to stop? 
Emma looked at them and I was like, is this a real question? And they were like, yeah. And I like looked around me because I'm public. And so people are like, are listening to this conversation. We're like at a restaurant. And I was like, you're being serious. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, and I was like trying to be nice, but I was like, I couldn't have this conversation. I was like, well, if they say no at any point, like that means consent's like gone. Like it's no longer. Yeah. There. And they're like, oh. What a ludicrous question. I know. <laughs> and I was like, how can I know that? And they went to a private Christian school growing up their entire lives and so I remember thinking to myself how is it that they've been educated like about like the dangers of like all of these like like modesty and stuff that's irrelevant but they don't know what consent is like how did this happen what how did the school system fail them for 12 years and then college like how is this how is this possible but yeah so that's actually tune into our future Christian (laughs) education episode where we freaking destroy it right Right. And so that actually, that person I no longer speak because things happened within that relationship that were not consensual. And I was, I should have known then though. I mean, like, I'm not saying it's my fault. I'm not victim blaming myself. I'm not, but at the same time, like that's a red flag that now, if I had that conversation or one similar to it, absolutely not. If I have to explain to somebody what consent is, no, no, not happening. Yep. If add that to the list. Of non-negotiables. Non-negotiables. If you have to explain to the person what consent means, run the other way. Right. And I think it's important because each person's like idea of consent is a little bit different. So maybe you can explain like your specifics of consent. But the concept as a whole, no. No. They need to know what the concept is. (laughs) No. Yeah. But. We don't screw with that here. That's a mini rant. I don't know if it's like okay for me to say in the podcast, but I've had a margarita, so I'm a little tipsy, which is why I'm ranting so much. (laughs) (laughs) But no, we haven't even talked about alcohol yet. We'll have to. Oh my goodness. We'll have to add that to the I can't believe we haven't thought about that yet. I know. We need to like put that because we thought about a bunch this past weekend when you were here, um, but that didn't even come up, huh? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll have to add that. I'm Yeah, we were thinking of a bunch of topics this past week. We, yeah. Uh, that's because like because we only see each other like four or five times a year which i know is a lot for some people but for us it's not because like, we see each other every day yeah so when we do see each other like we have all these ideas mm. we have all this tea to catch up on mm-hmm. exactly okay i'm adding it to the list well what about you curtis what are some other red flags or non-negotiables that you've recognized Ooh, ooh. have you ever recognized a red flag in yourself Hmm. uh let's see so yes oh um i think that like many of the red flags i've seen in myself are stuff that i learn and kind of progress and then i realize that my past self had these red flags okay because, I mean, obviously, like, um, up to a certain age, I believed all this purity culture BS. Right. Um, so, well, I would never go around saying, like, oh, yeah, I believe in male headship and, like, that women are, like, inferior. Like, I believed in the doctrines that ultimately said that. Okay. And that is a huge red flag. Don't marry anyone who has those beliefs ever. Right. Because you'll right. be miserable whether you're a man or a woman or non-binary, whatever, don't do it. Um, But thankfully, the right people got a hold of me in undergrad and uh, I was able to rapidly expand my empathy within the span of a year or two. 
Okay, good. Um, so, but yeah, that, that, that was a huge red flag. Oh, what were you going to say? Speaking of the headship thing, I think that's like a non-negotiable I have is that at the point of marriage, I have to make a similar income as my spouse because if I don't, then I will always feel inferior. And if they, because I have this fear that my spouse will adopt a conservative doctrine like that over the course of their lifetime because people change. Ooh, yes. That'd be and a so, nightmare. Getting more right? conservative as they get older. I, exactly. I'm terrified of that. And Yikes. so like, if I were to get married, I think I would want to marry someone who like I'm equal to when it comes to like income and like status, just so that I feel like I, I, I am equal. And so if they ever do adopt this doctrine, I'm like, okay, show me, show me like, where, where are you superior than me? And they can't. But if they are like, if <laughs> that's they a actually, flex, I like that. Yes. If they, if they do have like a higher status than I do, then I think I would uh, have a lot of trouble, like rationalizing that if I were to marry them and saying like, well, if I do need to bow out or if I do need to say to myself, well, are they equal to me? I can say they are, they are equal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I don't know. That's interesting that what you mentioned about your red flags being like the doctrine stuff. I think that's a lot of even my red flags, because like in high school, I used to be like really conservative. I was, I don't know if I ever mentioned, but I was a Christian Jew. That's what I identified as, identified as. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. what my religion was. Which Um, is pretty close to Adventism. Pretty close. And it was like, the thing is, I, because I I was raised around Adventists. My mom was an Adventist. My dad was an Adventist. It's just that they didn't raise us Adventists. And it's like, I always kind of was like, am I an Adventist? And then like, when I met like Adventists that I was like, friends with in high school because I grew Mm -hmm. up like my friends were not Adventist and so when I had friends who were Adventist I was like I'm definitely not Adventist but I'm Mm -hmm. pretty close so what am I and that's when I pulled that but I say all of that to say um when I was in high school I had a lot of those doctrinal very evangelical kind of viewpoints and I think that those were also my former red flags I got you yeah yeah and I think it's I think it's safe to say that there are some red flags that are different than others. Wherein, like, uh-huh. if a person were to grow out of them, right. then they they're no longer red flags. Yeah. Um, now, here is what I am going to warn people of. Uh, don't use any of this as an excuse to get back get back with that ex that you have. Right. Because <laughs> no matter who they are, they're toxic. Right. Don't go back to them. No. And maybe we have two people who broke up with each other listening to this podcast. And I love you both, but don't go back to the other person. They're toxic. If they're toxic, they're toxic. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But that being said, um, it's a great conversation to have like down, down the lane and kind of the beginnings of a relationship to be like, Hey, like what are the biggest ways you've grown in the past, like three to five years? And like that does, that's to a certain degree, that sounds like a job interview question, Mm -hmm. but it's a great question for relationships too. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of questions that we ask ourselves when it comes to red flags and stand, it was not standards, um, character flags that overlap between relationships and friendships. Mm -hmm. So Del, I say we each give one example and you kind of already we both kind of already did but i want to give each of our best examples of our ourselves overcoming our own red flags 
Oh, okay. Let me think. Um, so an example of us overcoming our own red flags? Yes. Okay. Whew, do you have one already? Um, I was hoping you had one, but I can, I know. <laughs> so I can I do asked some you. quick uh, verbal thinking here. I was like, can I think while he talks? <laughs> um, no, that's, actually. That's the only problem with having two people on a podcast. If we both have to think while the other person talks and like, true. well, there's silence. Yes. No, actually, I think I do have one. Um, I used to have, full disclosure, really bad daddy issues, like really mm. bad daddy issues. And I actually remember being with you and um, an, another close friend of ours from college and like confessing this to you guys being like hey like I think I found this flaw of mine and you and my, the, our other friend were like oh really because we need that like our entire friendship <laughs> and I was like ouch oh, I know. but like I'm kind of brutal <laughs> but I needed to hear it truly and I was like okay well like how do I get over this and you guys were like oh, we don't know like we don't have that issue like how are we gonna know you know and this is like when we we're also like really young and so we didn't know I'm glad we didn't try life. to force some dumb advice down your throat no i am so grateful yes and you guys were super nice about it but you guys were like like this is something you need to go like voyage out on your own and figure out because this is often people never overcome daddy issues and they like mess with like your friendships they mess with because like Mm -hmm. i would latch on to any male figure like any and not like sexually just like friendship wise i would latch Mm -hmm. on and I remember realizing this and because I think what also made me realize it is because all my friends in college were male and towards mm. the end I had a lot of girlfriends and I have a lot of girlfriends now but in co- like my first two years of college only men and I was like dang like why is this how come I don't have any like how come I attach to men so easily and why and mm-hmm. um, I realized it was a red flag because the people I would date I would kind of view them almost as in a mentorship role and that was toxic and I remember overcoming that through like a lot of self-talk a lot of therapy a lot of journaling and it took a long time it probably took about a year and I eventually was able to work through it and I almost it was a process not a quick fix exactly it was a long it was very intentional like every single and especially for one summer it was very intense for one summer and then I worked on it all year but for one summer every single morning I would wake up and I'd go out as the sun rose and I was working at summer camp, so it was easy to go up in the sun rose. <laughs> I would sit down and I'd watch the sun go up and I would just pray for probably about 10 minutes every single day about this specific issue. And I would examine mm. the day before and what I had done that probably contributed or was a result of my daddy issues. And I would think to myself, how do I overcome that and why am I doing that? And like at the end of the summer, I was doing a lot better. And by the the following year, I was like almost completely free of it. And occasionally I'll like see like a thread. Like, oh, oh yeah. Need to focus on that. Like I need to correct that. But everybody the- has struggles from time to time. Yes, exactly. But it no longer rules my life. And I think that's really, really important. So that is that- excellent. Thank you. That is a, <laughs> that is a red flag I overcame. How about you? Incredibly proud of you as I'm sure all oh. the listeners are as well. Thank you. How about you? Okay, so my, I think my biggest red flag that I overcame was my entitlement. Oh, okay. And okay, so we'll break down a couple concepts and I'm sure we'll touch on the future. Um, But I was, I was, uh, I grew up Christian a little bit conservative, as we've talked about ad nauseum. Um, but at the same time, I think I do firmly believe that um, 
like basic kindness is something that I've always not had trouble like showing people. So, I mean, I was never like one of those like super like mean people who like bully people for like having different relief beliefs or anything. Right. Um, but at the same time, um, in terms of like romance and like crushes and stuff, I, especially in like middle school, high school, and definitely early college and maybe even into late college, I, uh, I had the, I had the inherent belief, and this is not something that I would even necessarily verbalize, was that I am super nice, therefore I deserve love from someone. Oh. And it's called, uh, it's called on the internet, the nice guy fallacy. Oh yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah. Where, um, just because you're like kind and nice and like not overtly like predatory towards women that you deserve one of them to love you. Mm. And let me tell you, you still being predatory. Yes. Because if you believe that love is transactional like that, we're like, oh, if you input nice actions, you get love back. Right. That's not how any of it works at all. Nope. And it kind of just took a couple years of just like empathy. And like, um, I've always had like a pretty even mix of, uh, of friends in terms of gender. Okay. Um, but... I think that I didn't truly start like getting to know my female friends until they started feeling truly safe around me. Okay. And that safety is something that has to be built up, not just be like, hey, like you trust me, right? Like, no. Mm. If you're pushy, you're not going to be trusted with anything. Um, But it was just, it was just slow, subtle things of like, a couple female friends who I felt safe asking questions about things too, like, oh, like, what do you think of like the Me Too movement? Because that was happening at that time when I was going through a lot of changes. Um, or what do you think about just some unrelated topics to women and romance? Like, oh, what do you think about like Black Lives Matter or something like that? Right. Um, and just me genuinely like exploring and not like trying to like push any of my own beliefs on anybody else kind of led to me um slowly like gaining this this inner value for both myself and other people okay yeah and um by the end of my college experience I had a very healthy um view of what I should expect from people in general and that view is something that I will I will then give to everyone else to think about. And that is that, especially in the beginning of relationships, or even if you have a crush on someone, they don't owe you anything. Right. Ever. They don't owe you that text back you're looking for. They don't owe you a response to that question you asked them. They don't owe you anything. Right. Now, if you enter into a relationship with someone, whether it be friendship or romance, like, yes, I do think that it's safe to assume that, like, you owe each other a healthy sense of communication. 
Okay. I think that that's something that's owed between two people if you want the relationship to work. But in terms of like anything physical, anything emotional, like don't go into a relationship expecting that the person owes you anything or even more toxic, don't expect an entire gender to owe you something. Right. Because that's a horrendous way to look at things. Horrendous. And it, and it leads to a lot of the problems we see today with like people being predatory. Okay, yeah, I, I, I can get behind that. Definitely, I think, yep. I think that not asking questions, going back to like your very first point in that, in that spiel was that you mentioned that asking your, question, your questions of your friends like about the Me Too movement and the Black Lives Matter movement, I think just the gaining perspective and knowledge helps a lot mm-hmm. in that kind of area. And I have a lot of respect for that. Thank you for sharing that. Why, thank you for, uh, thank you for accepting me throughout all the years because you've, <laughs> you've seen me before and after and you stuck with yeah. me, so. I appreciate yes, imagine, it. Imagine our friendship in 10 years and we're going to look back at this and be like, wow, we've come so far even then. Just like, wow, we were little babies back then. Right? Oh my goodness. Because we were both 35. Me? Oh my goodness. Oh, that's scary. Because like, we've been friends since we were 18, right? I was 18. You were 19, since, right? Since 2015. 2015. So that makes it almost... It's six years, just over six and a six and a half years. Six and a half. Oh my goodness, that's insane! Wow, we're getting closer to ten years. We are. So another friend of mine that shares a podcast with you and I are celebrating ten years of friendship this year, and that oh my. shocks Congratulations. me. Congratulations! Thank you. It shocks You're so me. So old. Right. And so I've decided that when, because when you and I hit 10 years, there's another one of our good friends who's also going to hit 10 years, like right after mm-hmm. you and I hit 10 years. And I think we should have like a big celebration for like the three of us all like hit. Absolutely. Definitely. We have plenty of time to plan. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that that was an excellent unpacking of our beliefs on red flags and character trait, character flaws and non-negotiables and just how to set up healthy boundaries yeah i agree it was a really good deconstruction of that whole concept look at us deconstructing like we say we do constructing yes we are well dill i'd say it's about time for uh you to go start doing christmasy things i think it's about that time i think it's time for you to go get your rapid test (laughs) (laughs) for uh vacation purposes don't worry purposes yes being responsible getting back or not vaccinated getting you are vaccinated but getting a i am first. fully vaxxed and boosted oh, yeah. thank you very much for vaxxed asking. boosted and tested look at you Oof, all of the above i unfortunately um, cannot get boosted and i'm very upset oh are you not eligible yet i'm eligible um but i had a really bad allergic reaction to both of my Pfizer yikes shots. right and so i'm not risking it with the booster um unfortunately so i will if i absolutely have to but i don't want to die <laughs> so i'm trying That's to evaluate fair. yeah it's like it's kind of like a death or death kind of situation so Oof. but i mean you're double back so that's definitely a lot more protection than yes. a lot of people have definitely and yes definitely i almost didn't get my second one but i was like i'm gonna go through with it and i didn't have like an anaphylactic reaction it just was bad enough that it was miserable so yeah yeah but Cool. Okay. So uh, vaccinated, boosted, and tested, and I'm going to go celebrate Christmas. Yes. So uh, 
signing off. This has been Deconstructing. I am one of your hosts, Curtis Cooper. And I am your other host, Delaney. And as always, stay loose. Stay loose. <laughs>